Hey, grown-ups, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Factor has a menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50. That's T-A-L-E-S 5-0. And use code tales50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com. Dot com slash tales 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey grown-ups, I have something exciting to share with you. There's a brand new kids podcast out now that I think you're going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories. This show is perfect if you love adventures, solving riddles, and maybe even some wacky math problems. But I need a little help from some new friends to tell you more. Max and Molly, take it away. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Tailblazers! I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales, a kids' podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to send some very special shout-outs to Ella and Evie in Rochester, New Hampshire, Michal in New York City, and Stone. And I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Mara Edwards, Freya in London, and Ella. Ella, Freya, Mara, Stone, Michal, Evie, and Ellie, thank you all so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grown-ups, if you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next tale, head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is The Monster Under the Bed. Enjoy! In a dark bedroom, after all the tuckings in had happened, a human child with brown skin and a thick head of messy brown hair stared at a not-so-human child with bright green eyes and a body covered in dark, purplish-blue fur. My palms are so sweaty. Very. Don't touch them! They're gross! Close your eyes. Breathe. Think of calming things. The Aswang, the Capre, the Duende, the Malakan. Is thinking of other monsters actually helping? No. Now I'm just thinking of how nervous I am to meet them. Okay. Okay, all right. Here goes. I will go to sleep. I don't want to force you. My world can be a lot. Getting you back is worth it. Okay. Hope you have monster-filled dreams. Thanks. Seriously, though, thank you, my friend. See you on the other side, my friend. I've got you, monster! The Monster Under the Bed, A Tale of Friendship. In the city of Brighton, No one was ever afraid. In fact, no one in Brighton had been afraid for nearly 60 years. There were no spiders, no snakes, no terribly tall buildings, no clowns. And there were most definitely 
no monsters. All right, class. Today we'll be doing our presentations on the things that bring us joy. Renee, what have you brought for us today? I brought in my incredible ukulele, which I named Rainbow because... And each of the fifth graders of Brighton Middle School presented the things that bring them joy. From Renee's ukulele, to Kai's succulents, to Amelia's balloons. Van, you ready? Sure thing, Mr. Park. And you can call me Sling. Only awesome people get to call me that. Van Sling Henderson. With her stylish curly black hair and her hazel eyes slyly hidden behind trendy round frames, stood up and the room hushed. She was an inventor, always bringing the coolest things to class. Van walked over to Amelia. Amelia, may I hold your balloons? That'd be pretty awesome of you. Um, sure. Sling? Here. Van winked at Amelia, and as soon as Van was given the strings, she let the balloons go. They floated all the way up to the ceiling, so that the strings were now out of everyone's reach. My balloons! Celeste leapt out of her seat, causing her mop of brown hair to fly into her eyes. Hey! You can't mess with someone's joy like that! Chill out. Jeez. It's all under control. Before Celeste could get over to the nearest desk to try to retrieve the balloons, Van's shoes began to grow tall. She easily grabbed the balloons and brought them back down to Amelia. Here you go. Inventions bring me joy. They're practical and smart and help people every day. Well done. Well done, Van. <laughs> Sling, I mean. All right, that leaves us with Celeste. Celeste could feel the sweat dripping off her trembling palms. After a breath, she picked up her poster board and walked to the front of the classroom. Celeste tripped on Van's outstretched shoe invention and shot back a fierce glare. Oops. Pull it together, Celeste. You've got this. You've got this. Okay, so my things, a uh, thing, that bring me joy are, is, uh, my Lola, who's, uh, my grandma, my Lola's stories. And on the poster board, hand-drawn by Celeste, were monsters of various shapes and sizes. And, uh, all the monsters in them. I think they're all really cool. Like the Oswang are kind of like vampires, but also not. And there are tons of different kinds. Uh, Celeste, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I don't think this is something that can appropriately bring you joy. Monsters are scary, and we don't want anything like that to disturb the citizens of our town, including yourself. Remember, we banned scary things from our town for a reason. But they're not real, though. They're just in the stories. That's right. But even if they're just in stories, it's best to get them out of your head. Otherwise, you might give yourself nightmares. Mr. Park, what's a nightmare? A terrible vision you have when you close your eyes to sleep. With all of your worst fears, with monsters and darkness. It'll make your heart race, and it'll snatch you from your peaceful sleep. I've read all about it. Who knows when I might have to make an invention to stop nightmares or monsters from terrorizing the town? All right, all right, enough of this. There hasn't been a nightmare in Brighton in over 60 years, so no need to worry about them now. And class, don't forget to start working on your friendship stories. Celeste watched as all the other kids filtered out of class, none of them stopping to talk with her, but each whispering about her. It's like she wants the monsters to come for her. Maybe then she'd have friends. Maybe after the monsters have taken her away, her parents will finally come back. <laughs> Van stopped in the doorway of the classroom, and rather than tease her, she gave Celeste a long look before leaving. No final word of jest, no sneer. Strange. Celeste looked at the monster drawing of the Aswang with its wings and talons outstretched. <sighs> Time to go to the library and then home, Miss Aswang. 
At home, her Lola was preparing dinner, a delicious Filipino stew called caldereta. Congratulations on your presentation, Apo! I made your favorite. Celeste approached her and put Lola's hand to her own forehead in a gesture of respect called manopo. Thank you, Lola. Mm, why are you sad, child? Go on, spit it out. Nobody else liked our monsters. Well, that's their loss now, isn't it? Is it though? Maybe it's better to not think of monsters. So I don't risk having a nightmare. Hmm. Who's talking about nightmares? It came up in class. Do you know about them? Yes. In fact, I had one myself back in the day when there was fear in town. But we also had dreams. What's a dream? When you sleep, rather than just seeing darkness and waking up in the morning, it's like you enter a whole new world. And that world can be anything or anywhere. You can be you or someone else. Sometimes you can even fly. Those were my favorite dreams. Wow! That sounds amazing! But why can't we dream now? When the fear went away, so did the dreams. That's the trade we made for fearlessness. Well, I think I'd like to have a dream. Even if you risk having a nightmare? Hmm. Do you think, in my dreams, that I could be where my parents are? Yes. You can go wherever it is they're deployed. And you can be with them in their bunk and see the part of the world they're in. You can even keep them safe. Then, yeah, I'd risk the nightmares. Lola held Celeste close. She missed Celeste's parents, too. Both of them being in the military meant that they could be away for months. She hoped they would come home safe and soon. I love you, my bright star. Love you, Lola. And after dinner, Celeste started on her homework. She was staring hard at a piece of paper, occasionally brushing the hair out of her eyes, frustrated with her hair and the blank page. Hmm, what are you working on? Maybe I can help? It's a fret. It's okay. I've got it. Celeste didn't want to admit to her Lola that she was having a hard time with the friendship story assignment because she didn't have any friends to write about. I'll read it to you later. Mm, okay. I'm looking forward to it. Celeste settled into bed, taking in all her drawings of monsters and of Lola and of her parents. Lola climbed in next to her and told her of yet another monster from the Philippines. The Capre is a hairy giant who hides in the trees. They'll trick travelers who venture into the deep green forest. And you must turn your shirt inside out to stop yourself from getting lost. As Lola spoke, Celeste drew this new monster for her collection. And after Lola went to bed, Celeste stayed up and drew her parents out under the night sky, somewhere on the other side of the world. She went to the window and looked out and made a wish on a star. I wish to dream so that I can see my parents again and make a friend other than Lola so that I can explore new places and maybe even so I can meet a monster. After all, it's just a dream. The star twinkled brightly back. It even gave Celeste something of a mischievous wink as she left the window to crawl under the covers, though she didn't see this. Sleep came fast. But then, it wasn't just darkness and waking. Instead, she was in a whole other place. A town like Brighton, and a bedroom kind of like her own, but not. Celeste got out of the beddingless bed and crept around in the dark, opening up the blinds on the window. 
and outside was a dark city, spotted with lights, almost like the night sky had been reversed. If she squinted, she could make out some shapes moving into the darkness. <gasps> Are those walking bananas? But as they came closer, she saw that they were much, much bigger than regular bananas, and then they sprouted green banana leaf wings and started to fly. Her heart almost leapt out of her chest, and Celeste was overcome with a feeling, something she'd never felt before. This must be fear. It feels new, but also kind of familiar. Before Celeste could investigate the feeling further, there was a thump on her bedroom door. Rise and shine! No, 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 no! Gotta hide, quick! And Celeste threw herself under the bed. But rather than feeling the hardwood of her bedroom floor, she felt a cushiony fabric, almost like her bedding at home. And there was something warm and fuzzy next to her. That's nice. Celeste smacked her head on the bottom of the bed and scrambled away from the two bright green eyes staring at her in the dark. The eyes came closer and closer. A large hand was reaching out for her, but she was now up against the wall. Nowhere else to go. I wish this dream would end. Make it end, please. Take me home. I have to go. Take- The hand brushed her shoulder and then... Celeste woke up, in her own bed, in her own house. And when she got up to go to the window, she could see her own town in the distance with the sun not yet peeking up over the hill. I think I just... Did I really just dream? There was no way Celeste would be going back to bed. There was too much of that new feeling, fear, coursing through her. It made her palms sweat buckets. She crawled back on top of her bed without looking under it. <laughs> Nothing under there because it was just a dream. Uh, eating something will take my mind off of it. So Celeste went downstairs and ate some leftovers. But even then, she felt like the green eyes were watching her, hovering just behind her. Something wrong with ah! You- <laughs> Sorry, Lola, sorry. I had a, a not great sleep. Yeah, but this garlic rice and spam is waking me right up. Ah! <laughs> Thank you. Maybe later she'd tell Lola about her dream or nightmare, but no point in worrying her now. It was just the one time after all. At school later that day, Celeste couldn't shake the feeling of those green eyes watching her. One time, she did spy Van staring at her curiously, but then Van was gone, and maybe Celeste imagined the whole thing. She went home, feeling even more lost and unsettled. After dinner and homework that evening... Hey, Lola, dreams stay in our sleep, right? They don't come out and affect us here? Not that I remember. Oh, Apo, did you bring some extra caldereta for lunch today? What? No. Why? Oh, there's barely any of it left. Maybe I was hungrier than I thought and ate it in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Time for bed. And a bedtime story, yes? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll make me feel better. It didn't. The Malakat is a thin, dog-like shapeshifter with long, dark hair. And its hair is so magical, it can braid itself on its own. Rather than the story giving her joy, Celeste imagined the fuzzy monster from her nightmare. <laughs> Good night, Tapo. See you in the morning. Uh-huh. And Celeste waited in the dark, waited for sleep, but it did not come. Her mind was turning over and over again. And was that a bump beneath the bed? Just my imagination, that's all. I mean, that definitely isn't... The smell of... 
Halderetta? Celeste willed herself to look under the bed, and she was met with green eyes staring out of the dark, looking right into her. Ah! Get the light! 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 Crawling out from under the bed was a large, furry, purplish-blue monster with bright green eyes. The monster had golden whiskers and a golden nose and bat-like wings too small to actually let the creature fly. It flapped its wings and its eyes went large. Ah! Leave me alone! I'll give you whatever's in my backpack! Just leave me alone! Hey, that's what I'm supposed to say! What? I said, that's what I'm supposed to say! I'm supposed to be scared of you! Why? I didn't do anything to you, and you're in your own room. Oh. Well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, why, uh, are you in my room? I don't know why is, I suppose, the only answer I have for you right now. Sorry, I can't be of more help. So, you're not gonna eat me? Nope. I had some of that tasty dish with the interesting flavor. Not sour or rotting, but savory and fresh. New to me. Anyway, thank you. Sorry, what's your name? Oh, I apologize. That was rude. My name is Indigo. I'm sorry for being in your house without being formally invited. It's cool, I guess. May I sit on your bed? Sure. Are you, you a, a real, real monster? Human? Yeah, sure totally. Wait, humans aren't real where you're from? No. Nobody's seen a human in 60 years. Wow. Nobody's seen anything scary here in 60 years. Incredible coincidence, maybe? Yeah, that'd be pretty incredible. Speaking of incredible, how are you here exactly? I'm not sure. One minute I was in bed, and then I felt like something was watching me, and then it crawled at me, and then I thought maybe if I waved my hand through it, then the scary thing would disappear, but instead I heard a loud sound like a and then wound up here. That thing in the dark. I think that was me. You were scared of me? Well, yes. Humans are scary and known to trap monsters on sight. Huh. I'm sorry I scared you. I didn't mean to. I guess I panicked because I was scared of you. Why? Um, because over here, monsters are known to eat or trick people on sight. Oh. Well, now that we know that to be untrue, we don't have to be afraid. Yeah. I mean, we're still strangers. But... My name is Indigo, and I live in the city of Darkin with my mom and grandfather and nine siblings. I'm the youngest, and most of them are off and away and living their best lives, but I'm still stuck at home. I really like scavenger hunts and riddles, like, what question can you never truthfully answer yes to? Um, hmm, I don't know. Are you asleep yet? <laughs> That's so good! <laughs> Isn't it? Thank you for indulging me. None of the kids at school seem to like them. Seriously? That was great! I mean, it's kind of embarrassing to say to you, I guess, but I really like monsters. And none of the kids at my school like them. Well, I'm rather biased, but I think it's very nice that you like monsters. Thanks. And Celeste the human, and Indigo the monster, started to feel something new. Something bright and bubbly. Something warm and strong. They both thought for a moment. Maybe this, this is, is what, what having, having a friend, friend is like. like. Oh, uh, I have to get ready for school. Are you going to be all right here? May I get some more food out of your cold box? If so, I'll be beyond all right. Yeah, help yourself, really. Um, it's been great. It was nice meeting you, Indigo. I'll try to find some books at school about monsters and dreaming and see if we can get you home soon. Much appreciated. And likewise. Celeste reluctantly left her visitor and went about her morning routine. She decided she'd keep it a secret. For now. 
Once she had a better idea of what was going on, she'd tell her Lola. Definitely. You look like you didn't sleep very well again. Lola! Uh, yeah. Just, you know, normal things happening. Um, I I'm just nervous about my friendship story. It'll be fine. Also, I guess I ate that calderetta. I've been so hungry lately. And, uh, I just forgot. And, uh, okay, bye! Celeste rushed out the door and to school. Lola watched her leave, a frown on her face. Back at school, on her lunch break, Celeste went to the library to hunt for books on monsters and dreams. Got my monster books, so let's see. Meditation, sleeping, sleep paralysis, dreams. These books are really dusty. <laughs> Looks like nobody's checked these out in years. Some say you can escape into your dreams, and you can even get lost in them. Be sure to have ways to ground yourself. Hmm, gotta make sure not to get lost. You reading up on ah! monsters some more? Van! What? Cool, yeah. Um, it's for a personal project. One that includes dreams, too? Nope. Uh, that's, that's a completely different project? Uh-huh. Look, Celeste, I'm not trying to make fun of you or get you in trouble or anything. I, I like monsters, too. Always have. The stories of vampires and Frankenstein and all that. They're really cool. I didn't realize anyone else liked them. Yeah, me either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for being mean to you. And maybe we can talk monsters sometime? Sure, yeah. Uh, actually, how much... Do you know about them? A lot. Okay, I've been trying to so invent something for a, like... I... I might need some advice about a monster. I'm listening. Just bring whatever resources you can and meet me at my house at 4 p.m. What's this? In her hurry, something flew off of her sweater. A clump of indigo-colored fur. Interesting. That afternoon, Van went over to Celeste's house. Celeste made sure to hide indigo safely in the closet, thinking maybe this would go better for Van if the situation was explained first. So what you're saying is that you think there might be a monster city inside of a dream that you supposedly had even though no one has had a dream in ages. And that the monsters there are real and can come over to our world? More or less. That's huge. It is, right? That's a huge defense risk. If that was true, we'd basically have to plan for a monster invasion. A uh, what? And I only have so many tools already made. Tools for getting a monster back into the dream? Tools for catching monsters. Oh, that's not... I don't want to catch the monsters. I want to make sure they stay safe. Why? Monsters eat people. They terrorize towns and bring fear. Not in my experience. In your experience? What's in your closet, Celeste? Nothing. Van reached for her backpack, heavy and packed to the brim, and dug into the front pocket. Does nothing Happen to be covered in purplish-bluish fur? Van pulled out the clump of fur she found in the library. If you're harboring a monster in there, you have to tell me. And I have to catch it for our safety. Van pulled out some kind of large, unfolding monster trapping box device from her backpack. Celeste, are you all right? Sounds like it might be getting heated out there. Ah, monster! Don't you touch it! I've ah! done nothing to you! He's a monster, and he's invading our world! Hi, I'm Indigo. I've got sensitive ears, so could you please stop yelling? Ah! Van released her contraption on Indigo. Yikes! Watch out! Quick, back inside, Indigo! I won't let her get past me! Celeste, stop protecting it! Sorry to interrupt. Van, 
Your dad just called for you to come home. It sounded serious. Uh, oh! Okay! Sure, thank you. Good luck with your project. I have some more thoughts that I'll share with you soon. <sighs> yeah. Looking forward to it. Van's dad didn't call, did he? No. Thanks for saving us. You and Van? Or you and your other new friend? Hello, I'm Indigo. Oh my. Lola! Once Lola came to, Celeste finally explained all that had happened. I'm sorry I didn't tell you right away. I thought I'd be able to deal with it myself, but I was wrong. I don't know what to do now. I really need help to get Indigo back home, especially since Van knows and wants to trap him. I definitely prefer not to be trapped, please. Let's see what I can do to help. And the three of them sat together and read through the books from the library. Lola shared more history on the town and herself. The townsfolk discouraged talking about it. But when I was little, humans and monsters lived together. In fact, I was friends with a duende who lived in the mounds behind our house. Wow! Really? Mm-hmm. And, well, I told you about that nightmare. The last one I ever had. Like you, I dreamed of a city of monsters. But it was small and new. And I saw my duende friend standing before it. But when I tried to reach out to her, all these other monsters pulled her away into the dark of its streets. I never saw her or any of them ever again. I remember my grandfather saying something about the humans and how they kept wanting to hunt the monsters. So the monsters wished upon a star, and when they woke up, they were in their own city, without humans, free of the fear of being hunted. I wished upon a star the night that I had a dream. Perhaps that's how you can travel Indigo back. Y yeah. I wish that didn't happen, though, Indigo. All those years ago, the whole splitting of the cities, maybe then we could have been friends sooner. Yes, that would have been nice. Maybe when we get you back to Darken, we can somehow make it easier to visit each other? I'd like that very much. Hmm, well, darling, it seems like the two of you might have things figured out. Good night, and... Wow. I haven't said this in years. Not since my nanai said it to me, but... Sweet dreams. Thanks, Lola. If you want, you can have sweet dreams, too. Maybe even see your friend again. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe... Indigo and Celeste sat quietly on the bed together, each waiting for the other to speak. What can fill a room, but doesn't take up space? Hmm. Light? Oh, I like that a lot. Laughter was what I was originally thinking. Also a good one. And, and love. love. Yeah. I miss my parents. I hope that my family misses me the way you miss yours. There are so many of us. Sometimes I think it's easy for them to forget me. No way they'd forget you. They probably miss you so much. I know I'm going to miss you. And I will certainly miss you. Here, a picture of the two of us. Right here, where we met. Thank you, Celeste. This is the first ever gift I've received from a friend. Oh, here. You take this. A copy of my favorite book about monsters and humans and a ring and riddles. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Celeste and Indigo gave each other a big hug and then walked over to the window to wish upon the mischievous star. I've only ever heard of stars before. They really are absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, they are, aren't they?
All right, Star. I wish to go back to Darken so that Indigo can go back home. My palms are so sweaty. Very. Don't touch them. They're gross. Close your eyes. Breathe. Think of calming things. The Aswang, the Capre, the Duende, the Malakat. Is thinking of other monsters actually helping? No. Now I'm just thinking of how nervous I am to meet them. Okay. Okay, all right. Here goes. I will go to sleep. I don't want to force you. My world can be a lot. Getting you back is worth it. Okay. Hope you have monster-filled dreams. Thanks. Seriously, though. Thank you, my friend. See you on the other side, my friend. It was then, just as Celeste was falling into a deep, dreamful sleep, that Van appeared in the window using her elevator shoes to raise her up to the second story. All right, where are you? Oh, oh no, Celeste! Celeste, the monster hunter is back! There you are! Celeste! I've got you, monster! <gasps> I think I did it! Same, different room. Dark city with twinkling lights. Giant bananas outside. Indigo, I think I did it. You're home. Indigo? Celeste looked under the bed, but Indigo was not there. Instead, all she found was a clump of purple blue fur and a strange metal gadget. The heel of the elevator shoe Van made. How did Van get here? And where did she take Indigo? Rise and shine! Celeste's heart nearly jumped into her throat. She forgot about Indigo's family. And even though she knew Indigo, there was still that feeling that she should be scared of monsters. She tried to remind herself that it was an old feeling that she shouldn't hold on to. Um, coming! One second! I've got your favorite hot liquefied rotten egg, all ready for you downstairs. Thanks, Mom! Are you sure you're feeling all right, my love? What am I doing? I'm doing the same thing I've been doing with Lola. I should stop pretending and ask for help. Um, actually... Yes, darling? I'm... Um... Not who you think I am! May I come in? Yeah, but just know that I'm a... <gasps> Human! Yup, I'm a human. You're so clean. But it's okay. It's all right. I'm friends with Indigo. You're... What did you say? I'm friends with your son, Indigo. And I brought him back here after he got stuck in my town, Brighton. But then when I woke up here, I couldn't find him. I'm afraid that a monster hunter has him and that they're out there somewhere. A monster hunter? Here in Darken. And has my sweet indigo. <sighs> Thank you, human, for telling me this. I'm Celeste. I'm a big fan of monsters and of indigo. Sorry if I scared you. That's quite all right. But a monster hunter here is very dangerous. We must find this person now and send them back to your city before they catch any monsters. Van must have used those elevator shoes to get down. Oh, hey, look! There's something stuck in the tree there! Hmm. Let me see if I can grab it. Indigo's mom reached out with a long, pipe cleaner-like arm and pulled the paper out of the tree. It was the drawing that Celeste had given to Indigo. On the backside was scribbled, What building has the most stories in town? The tallest building is the clock tower in the center of town. Maybe six stories? Could be, but what if it's a riddle? And it's not about levels of a building, but of stories. The, the library! library! 
Oh, Indigo and his riddles. First, though, we'll need to disguise you. Indigo's mom dug around in the closet and found a scaly orange hoodie, a feather boa, some gardening gloves, and a paper mask from a school project. And with Celeste now appropriately disguised as a rather mismatched monster, they headed to the library. Once through the doors, they found a crowd of monsters of various shapes and sizes standing outside of the library bathroom door. The monster librarian, a spectral rabbit person with glasses the size of frying pans, whispered loudly. Something strange ran in there and locked itself in. It was a human! I saw it was a human! Shh! Now let me tell you for the last time, Mirtha McClaws. Humans aren't real. Totally. Most definitely not real. (laughs) Sure. We may know who's in there. Can we just... Hey, uh, I've got this book on this super incredible inventor named Van Sling Henderson. Can I show it to you? The door creaked open. And then a hand quickly tugged Celeste straight into the bathroom. (laughs) No need to be so rough, Van. Come on. Celeste, you found us. Indigo was still inside the mechanical monster trap. And Van... Yeah, I'm here to save you! From... Okay. There. Van? There. Are you there. okay? She's been having a hard time breathing. Celeste quickly unlocked Indigo's trap and rushed over to Van. Hey, Van. You want to breathe with me for a second? Let's just breathe, okay? <sighs> <sighs> Good. You're safe. No worries. There are too many, too many monsters. There are a lot, but... I can't, I can't catch all all of them. But Van, what if I told you you didn't have to catch any of them? Didn't you say you liked them? When they weren't real. I liked the idea of catching them and saving, saving, being a hero. Hey, look at me. Is anyone from our town in danger right now? No, we're okay. That's right. And I actually heard from the monsters out there that they're worried about some human coming in to capture their whole town. Just like you were afraid that if a monster got into Brighton, it would catch or eat all of our people. You're the main characters in our scary stories too, you see. But hopefully that'll change. And maybe we'll be the ones to do it. Ah, uh, I, 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 I think I understand. But it's like, I know what you're saying, but I... I, I, I feel so, so... (sighs) It's okay to be scared. We don't have to hide fear away. We can share our fears so that those feelings have less control over us. Maybe you'll even find that the thing you fear isn't something you need to be afraid of after all. I'm so sorry, Indigo, for capturing you. And I promise to never do it again. Thank you. I very much appreciate that. Now, I think it's time that Indigo gets back to his family. It's alright. They probably don't even know I'm gone. But they do! Just open the door and look out. Your mom came here with me to save you. And I think she called all your siblings in, too. Really? Really, really. Go see! And Indigo opened the door and was immediately scooped up by his mother and his nine siblings and grandfather. Celeste watched with a small, sad smile. I wish my parents were here. I've been thinking about that reunion moment for a long time. 
My mom travels for her job, so I don't see her for weeks at a time. Whenever I see her, I want her to know that I'm making her proud, even when she's not here. It's… it's hard. I didn't realize anyone else at school got it. Yeah, thanks for calming me down. Sometimes I just feel a lot of pressure to be the best. To always be making something to help other people. Or change the world. Maybe it's just cool that you invent things. They don't always have to be the best, Van. Or how else will you learn how to grow? Yeah. And, uh, you can call me Sling, if you want. Okay, Sling. How do we get you out of this bathroom? I don't have another disguise. Hmm. I've got an idea. An orange boa monster and a mummy slipped out of the bathroom to find the throng of monsters dispersed. Hey, you two. Looking good. And now that you're properly glamoured, would you like to see more of Darkin before you go home? Celeste and Van looked at each other. Yes! Indigo and his family spent the rest of the day touring Celeste and Van around the city of Darkin. They ate strange, magical fruits that made the eater float and hung out with ghosts in the graveyard, and traded riddles with a troll under a bridge. Celeste even met an Aswang. This was, I mean, it was one of the greatest days of my life. Thank you. <laughs> Our pleasure. Honestly, I was surprised spending time with humans could be so delightful. <laughs> I hope we can do this again soon. Definitely. And now I've just got to wish upon that star, so we can head back home. It was then that Celeste realized, the entire time they were out under the dark sky, there were no stars. Not a single one. Oh no! No stars? Yes. There haven't been stars in Darken since its founding. To ensure the dreaming world is closed off and no humans can ever find us. In theory, anyway. <laughs> Does that mean you have no way to get home? I don't know. Or maybe... Give me a second. I'll make this trap of mine do something good. Right. A little, a strong lullaby. A bit of a snore from a napping ghost. A slice of magical vision peach. And a pinch of sleepy troll eye dust. It's a little improvised, but here's my deep, dreamful sleep device. Maybe with this you can get through without the star's help. So, if that happens, and you disappear come morning, I just want to say, I've loved getting to be your friend. Same. It's been the best. Brighten dreams. Celeste and Van used the new device to fall into a deep, dreamful sleep. Celeste felt like she was floating or flying through a mist, unsure of where to go, until Van bumped into her and said, Celeste, maybe think of your parents. It always helps ground me when I'm feeling lost. And she imagined them in their faraway base. She could see their tent, their bunks. She could see the drawings she sent. And then she saw them, outside, standing beneath the stars. She ran over and hugged them. We, we miss, miss you, you Celeste. Celeste. I miss you too. She looked up at the mischievous star. And I wish that dreaming comes back to Brighton. So that we can visit each other, here, whenever we'd like. So that the town can have these experiences too and learn that it's best not to hide your fears away. Because without that fear, you don't get the power of dreams. <gasps> was it, was any of it? And under her pillow, Celeste found a book gifted to her by her friend. 
She grabbed her sketch pad and started to make a comic of all the events of the last couple of days with a fiery eagerness. She titled it, The Monster Under the Bed, A Tale of Friendship. Good morning, Apo. Did you have a good dream? The best. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. That was The Monster Under the Bed, written by Caitlin Kenny, performed by Abby Passion, Rin Araneta, Alistair Cato, and Rowanna Cruz, produced by Chad Chennai, executive produced by Rebecca Cunningham, line produced by Harry Poster. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown-ups, if you would like extra stories for your tailblazers to listen to, like the original Alice's Adventures in Wonderland or The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, performed by me, well, there's only one place to get it. Head to patreon.com slash girltales and join Team Dorothy or above. And grown-ups, you can also find Girl Tales and Cordelia Studios on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And hey, if you love this story, share it with a friend. Oh, and remember, I believe in you. Tales is a Cordelia Studios production.